Good afternoon and welcome to Eco-Activist Journeys. My name is Leah Wyman and um, yeah, this is my third year hosting the radio show, which is very exciting. I'm very excited to be back on air. And if it is your first time tuning in today, um, feel free to um, log on to the Buzzbox, which you can find via um, Star Radio, um, the webpage. And then you can also, um, yeah, log on, comment, uh, add to the discussion, ask any questions that you might have. Um, but first things the first, um, today I'm joined by a friend of mine and a fellow climate activist, B. B, would you like to introduce yourself and say what you're studying and what drives your environmentalism and activism? Okay. Hello, I'm Dee. Um, I'm studying SD and Geography and I'm in second year and it's really fun. I'm enjoying it. We get to learn about loads of different things. Uh, in terms of environmentalism, I think it just feels like something to an extent that you have to do. You have to contribute to it. It's such a massive problem that everybody is facing and it's only going to get bigger. So I feel like I should do my bit to join in. Yeah, I guess... I, yeah, I did like a little thing uh, over the holidays where I did like a little podcast about actually activism and how there's like this like sort of binary between like activists and non-activists. But technically, we should all kind of be activists about something because, I mean, we all care about things and about things in this world. So surely we should do our part and just do something about it. And yeah, I don't know. There's it's our future. So got to do something. Massively. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, today the mission of this show today is to tell you a little bit more about um, Climate Action St. Andrews, Kesa, and um, yeah, hopefully inspire you to get involved and speak up about the climate crisis and just find ways how you can do something and do your part. Um, yeah, how did it all start? Um, Greta, I guess, <laughs> at the very beginning. Yes, that's true. Um, and then sort of that spiralling into climate strike starting all around the world um and then yeah we kind of came together in St Andrews and kind of there was talk about like doing one here but I think people were kind of at the beginning but like oh is it useful doing one here we're such a small town and I think you went to the one in Edinburgh it was only after the one in Edinburgh that we kind of like you know what let's try and organize our own I'm sure somebody will turn up yeah and we did and people turned up so it was really good <laughs> Yeah. We had a second one a month later, which also went really well. Although we had a few less people. Yeah. What do you think? How many people came to like the very first one? Hundred? More than hundred? I think it was more than a hundred for the very first one because mm. we had quite a lot of people come from the local schools. Yeah, we had a lot of school children. Students. Yeah. So the first one was really good. The second one was too, but a few less people. And yeah. I think it was heading towards exam time then. So yeah. I think it was also the schools had a holiday, so yes. we didn't have as many yeah. school children join, which also makes a difference. And the weather wasn't as beautiful, I think. The very first one was also very sunny, yeah. and the second one was a bit colder. <laughs> a bit miserable. <laughs> but we had Stephen Gethins come and speak, which was it really is. inspiring. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think it's kind of like, I feel like all of us kind of shown that even though like St. Andrews is such a like small town, there's actually so much we can do because... We also need to show our town and our institutions say we want climate action here as well now and we want to do we do want to do something and there's so much that we can do because we're so small um, and we can sort of also be an shining example to everything else that's happening and that way also because I mean if someone leads action in another place other parts people start being like oh, well they did it we can do it as well sort of thing so I think that's like a lot of potential to actually um, yeah to change to bring some change and also to show people in St Andrews like I don't know just be like yeah I care more about it because I feel like there's still a lot of people who don't yeah who don't really engage with the topic enough yet 
but that's definitely changing there's a lot of there's a lot of more talk around it um yeah and i think especially yeah especially when looking at the progression obviously i first have in the first one the 15th of march and then the second one on the 12th of april um and um then the one we had two weeks ago, which was on the 20th um, of um, September, which was obviously massive all around the world. And then we had like, I don't even know, we didn't even like double our numbers. We like, I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe not a million times. But say if we had 120 people, the first one. Times it by ten. Yeah, yeah. We had one hundred and twenty <laughs> people, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Uh, obviously, I mean, you can always scale that up. Um, there should obviously always be could be more people come, and yeah. everyone should in some way look at how how they can support the strikes or the action or sort of lead some action. And I think this is where it's actually important when we say now, okay, well, we have a lot of awareness now, and we have a lot of attention, and we know we can make a big movement. Um, but how can we like kind of translate that into action? Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy to think that that was like two two weeks ago now, because I don't know. I just I don't think I'll like forget that day. It was just like so like wow. Like I don't know. It seems like a bit like I don't know. It was pretty crazy. Just the number of people there, and yeah, it made you realize how many people have been mobilized by the movement and the climate strikes all over the world and XR and. Yeah. yeah, I guess it's also because a lot of people and groups have come together um, to to do this and to um, to support um, each other, um, which I think is very very important because alone, like we can't really do anything. The most important thing we can, I feel like, that needs to be done is like looking for collaborations and actually looking how can we like all together, like sort of move changes. Um, yeah, but anyway, <laughs> it's actually quite a funny story. I, on the Saturday after the strike, I literally went to West Sands Beach. And I'm like, I'm going to walk, like take 1,200 steps and kind of just to like see like slightly because I was like, well, maybe one step is around one person, maybe, maybe less, maybe more. I don't know. Um, and then I like, it was quite, it was a lot of steps. It was a lot of steps. Yeah, yeah. it's it's quite a mission to count as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I arrived at like 600 and I'm like, okay, now double that. <laughs> um, Slightly off topic. Have you ever done pacing? Like if you're walking in the hills and you're map reading and you have to figure out how far 100 meter is by how many paces you take? No. Okay, so I think if I was to take 100 steps, it would be about... Well, no, okay, so other way around. If I was to take 120 steps, it would be about 100 metres. So 1,200 steps would be a kilometre. Oh, stepping. okay. It's quite far, cool. really. That's a long it, line. I think um, Tansy um, from, yeah, she, she, didn't she measure it? Did how she? Long? I can't remember. I think someone said, someone measured how long it was. Oh, wow. That's cool. So I, I think from that, you can also kind of figure out how many steps. But yeah, it's it's a lot of steps. I kind of arrived there and I was like, looked back and I was like, whoa, that's that's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So, and even then, I mean, that's kind of like, I mean, someone had like a click and counted it. You don't know how like accurate that is. Like, I mean, it could have been like more, like you can miss some people, especially like there were so many small children. I don't know. I don't know if all of them were counted, to be honest. Um, and parents who brought their children. So... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the bagpipe band as well? Oh yeah, they started playing like as the line formed, and then the idea was have like five minutes of silence, and they started like walking along the line. 
And everybody just walked off. They were like, there's, there's no way this bagpipe band is going to make it all the way to the end of the line within the next hour. Never mind five minutes. Yeah, true. Because they kind of like walked along it as well. That's true. I don't know how far they went there. Um, but yeah, I don't know how, how, I don't know what, how was it for you? How, how did, how was it like just being there, like feeling that? I don't know. What did you think? It was pretty crazy. It was amazing how well it came together, I think, on the day. Yeah. Just the speakers and the time it took to do the march and get to the beach was like perfect. Yeah. And that was crazy because at some point we were like, we're not going to make it in time because there's just too yeah. many people. <laughs> and already it felt like we were kind of too fast at times because obviously we had small children And then we like stopped to like for everyone to kind of come together again to walk more as a group. And it was also quite crazy because it was just such a big group. So it was actually really hard almost to get everyone to like chant the same chants yeah. as well and stuff like that. So it was like in stages. Yeah. I guess I was sort of I was sort of like running around, but you guys were at the front. Yeah. You must have been like completely like you couldn't have seen the back of it from where you were. No. It would have been just impossible. I don't know, it was amazing. But running around, yeah. There were like phases where people were doing the same chants just out of time. So you guys were at the front doing like, nah, 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 and then at the back were just, oh, it was funny. It was really, really cool. It was, it was kind awesome. of good as well. I feel like though, because I don't know, I feel like it gave like different, like people led started like yeah. different chants. Yeah, very true. Yeah. So it was quite funny because we at some point like a lot of the school children came forward and they were like chanting things. So we like handed the mic, the 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 mic, megaphones to them and we we're like, and they were like chanting something but it's actually quite yeah it's quite interesting because you like even with the megaphone like you had to like scream into the megaphone yeah. in the hope that yeah. people would like hear so yeah it was a lot of um a lot of speaking and screaming and yeah but I think I don't know just part of it makes me think there's just so many like people there and there's just like such an energy and there is like so much like I feel like passion and I'm like I wish people would carry that sort of passion around with them like more in general life because everyone is like so like who is there felt like so passionate about mm -hmm. what they were doing and saying about it and I'm like oh my god if we could keep that bottled up in every person to like do something like in their lives or yeah in our community to actually bring that forward you know what things could we like achieve and I think I'm sort of like that realization as well but yeah I don't know it kind of felt a little bit like I don't know. I don't know. It was like a dream. I was like, ah, oh, this is really happening. And then, I don't know. I didn't even like realize too much at like while it was happening. I just remember at one point when I like stood up on this like wobbly chair <laughs> at the beach for like the speech on Lucra. And I was like, wow. And it's just like, I feel like at that point, I was like that energy as well. Because everyone was kind of like chanting. Like there was not at that point. There was like, because we were coming like together. Yeah. There's like not me or anyone else like saying a chant and it being repeated, but like people were like chanting and I was like, whoa. And then I don't know, afterwards, I like after everything happened, I was like, oh my God, I literally just spoke to 1,200 people. <laughs> What did I do? <laughs> so it was just, it was, I don't know, it was pretty, pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it's really important that we kind of, that we encourage people to carry like that like sort of passion around with them and to to translate that sort of like speaking up about it to like into action mm -hmm. and um and start with the easy stuff it doesn't yeah. have to be hard either it doesn't have to mean loads of sacrifice you can make so many small changes on a personal level that if loads of people do will build together into a massive change but yeah 
Oh, we have a question a from Kat Bentley about what we think about the five council climate emergency statement and we feel optimistic and how can we maintain the pressure now? Yeah, activism works, guys. Activism works. I think it's a good thing that they have declared climate emergency. Um, but there's also a big question around what does that like, actually mean? mean? Yeah, I don't know if they've uh, released any statement with that of what their targets are. Um, and obviously, as a result, I mean, before the strike started, we also um, we also started. Uh, um, Talking, we um we obviously started the petition for the university to declare a climate emergency, and um, that obviously came through. We had a, a lot of um, s signatures. I think it was one thousand seven hundred last time we checked. Uh, it was yeah. a lot of lot of signatures that we gathered, and they obviously had the university meeting where they had uh, did decide to that they were going to are going to participate in the declaration of climate emergency, but that they're actually having like a um, they want to set good like targets for it and goals for it, which I think is sensible because if you're doing something that you want, you want to be able to say, oh, okay, what what are we going to do? But I think what is important now to do is kind of to figure out as well to push that those targets are ambitious enough. Mm -hmm. um, because I know Scotland obviously was the first country to carry a climate emergency, but then in like the recent climate bill, it was sort of put measures were pushed out to um, 2045. Um, which I think is just, I mean, understand because I mean, change takes time and there's a lot that needs to change, but it's just not good enough in the sense that that only gives us a 50-50% chance of actually staying below 1.5 degree warming. And that gives us like a 50-50% chance of spiraling into like climate tipping points and disasters and things like that. And just that is not good enough. And I think as an institution, we need to be able to say, but we're standing behind the science, right? And uh, the science says that we have 10 years left to combat climate change. And we have 10 years left um, to sort of, yeah, to, to, to reach those targets of like climate neutrality and things like that. So why are we talking about 2045, even if the government is saying that? And I think this is a point where we po probably also need to speak more with the university and try and put more pressure on to make those goals ambitious. And that's also why it's actually quite critical that things are being done now before yeah. like things are too set in stone. Um, to set. I know that they obviously say by the latest, so they do want earlier, but I think it needs to be said beforehand that that is a goal because that also puts pressure then again on the government if other people are doing goals that are lower. Um, it aims to shape decisions and decisions that are made in big corporations and in small corporations and any sort of thing. It just makes people have, well, I guess, sustainability more at the forefront of the decisions and choices that they make. Yeah. Um, but I think also more input needs to go into creating strategies for this because the goals at the end are, mm. yes, they're incredibly important, but we need to work out how we're going to yeah. do it and how we're going to get there because it's not just as easy as saying, right, we're going to cut emissions. It's yeah. incredibly complex. And anyone who studies what we do knows, anybody who reads anything knows <laughs> that, that it's immensely complicated and so many different factors. They just need to start asking the council and asking each other how we're going to get towards those goals. Yeah, and I think also just not just having targets, but actually having step-to-step -step things. Because even 10-year measures at the moment, it's like, okay, most like none of us students will likely still be here 
who will be there from the staff, who will be there from the lecturers, who will be there from the people who are in power now to actually pull those choices through. And that's why actually most sensible, I feel like most of the climate targets and choices that are made should be set within um, what is happening at the moment as well, what is kind of like what people are um yeah, what 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 people are in the terms of office of leaders, you know, to say what are they going to do? What does that mean to do today? What does that mean to do tomorrow? What does that mean for next year? To have like not just a long term goal, they're important long term goals, but they don't they don't stand in alignment with the statement of emergency. I feel yeah. like because you know that's emergency means you're supposed to act. Like if the fire alarm goes off, like people are expected to be outside in like four minutes and not just like. In four hours or something. (laughs) Exactly. And then it's sort of like it's supposed to happen like something immediate is supposed to happen. And that's the same if the declaration occurs that a response is, yes, immediate action. Yeah, long-term goals as well. How does that, how does that, those steps lead up to something? But actually have concrete goals. Okay, what are we going to do this month? What are we going to do until the end of the year? What are we going to do next year? And that's, I feel like, still what is missing pretty much almost everywhere in terms of actually having those steps set out of what's actually going to happen right now and what people are like investing in and all like doing right now. Um, and I think that's a bit of the problem with the strikes everywhere in a way that, you know, this so much has happened and so many people standing up. Like, I mean, just the amount of people that went on. So I think it was seven, seven million people or 7.5 million people in the world went on like climate strike in the whole of like in the in the class week week for future which is like incredible but then it's just still like so slow in driving actual change which is really frustrating which is why we really need to stay on top of the game and say this is only the beginning if you won't do anything this worth anything then yeah and and that also kind of means like we should yeah looking what what we can do to sort of um to sort of push that and I mean it's very clear that we are at like a turning point in history um, and that is like it's, it's just enough we can't like wait and talk that much longer we really actually need to act and uh, like demand like actual demand change um, and I think that's also what we're looking to do with climate actions and Andrews to sort of actually say yeah we support the international movement we stand with the climate movement and if our demands aren't met we will like we will stand up and do everything we can to push for it but we also want that we're wanting to lead actual action on climate change but yeah we must we'll talk a little bit more more about our actual goals for what we're going to do um with climate action um and what you know what are the sort of things that we as a society need to be looking for to push forward uh, or what can be done. Let's talk about, um, yeah, Climate Action St. Andrews. Um, yeah, I think our mission is really to push for, for climate action, both like on a local, but uh, as well as on an international scale. So sort of pushing for climate action from our local institutions and putting that further out as a global message for climate action. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess we are part of like the strike movement and we were supported by... Um, the the climate strike um the climate strike movement um but we're sort of a little bit branched off to make it quite local um in terms of what we can like more specific and what we can do here and to push for change here but yeah it's pretty much a non-hierarchical group it's an open space for like activists and anyone like who's passionate about wanting to push for change to come forward 
um, which means that obviously people can come, like put time in to to do something, but it's not like it's like a yeah one hundred percent thing where you always have to be available and do that or something. Um, however, we are looking for more people to actually be put onto a, um, to create some sort of committee as well, um, just so we have more people who can actually. Um, push for change so if you are interested in getting more involved um yeah that that's an opportunity um yeah right as a message um and um yeah and what what have we done so far what we wanting to do um obviously we organized the three climate sites we set up the petition for university of st andrews declare my uh, climate emergency um we've already talked about that and we also talked about you know sort of that with that, we need to be sure that their goals set with it as well. Things like that are done, and that that goals are in alignment with like a statement of emergency. Um, Which is a really positive thing, really, to actually be building on goals before they say we are having a climate emergency. To yeah, we have some sort of framework, or this is what we're gonna do. This is the difference. This is what we're gonna yeah. change within the university. And I mean the fact that the Fife Council has as a response to the global climate strikes, but also the strikes here in Fife. Um, declared a climate emergency is like a, a real sign to say that activism is actually working. And I've heard like from everywhere in the university in all apparently all of the major um, meetings that have happened on, a, on an organizational level, like the climate emergency declaration, the climate strikes have come up. So that's a really good thing to show that, you know, that sort of awareness wasn't really there before, but people are really... Um, talking about at the moment and um, another action that we really want to push forward is also the Kenley Wind Farm project to be brought back to life mm. um, which if you're really if you're interested in um, we want to um, yeah sort of form a movement around that as well because there are still ways and options to um, to sort of pursue that and I think that would be an amazing way for to able to power literally the whole university on renewables as well as a lot of the St Andrews town um, I mean, all of the university's electricity is renewable. That would just, yeah, and that would also really help with the actual like climate neutrality <laughs> part of it. I mean, there's still heating and things like that, but um, yeah. So if if you want to help help and volunteer or collaborate, reach out to us via the Climate Action um, Facebook page. But then also, um, we want to collaborate more with local with local citizens and university lecturers and academics sort of so say as a sort of like uniting behind the signs to push for action and to push to actually say, you know, those are the facts. This is the IPCC report. This is what inter- this is what research we've done. Well, this is maybe what research has been done in St. Andrews itself, you know, and how can we actually stand in alignment behind what people are actually spending research into to, um, yeah, bring that sort of change. Um, so I guess if for citizens or lecturers they can also like email us our email is um stas for climate at, um, at gmail.com or you can email me because i'm not really sure how often we check the main email <laughs> which is just lew8 at st andrews um ac uk checking it a lot when we were doing the organizing yeah that's at good the moment, <laughs> um so yeah i think i think this is a this is a good opportunity to sort of really push for action and really the thing is that it really needs to be done now when a lot of people are on it and when it is a major priority at the moment that is being discussed um so yeah we're looking to create a sort of like forum as well 
So, but uh, the good thing is with, I guess, we're pretty open to any new ideas and projects that can be put forward, sort of like for an activist idea that can be put forward as well as an action um, to try and push and promote it and um, things like that. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know what... What 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 do you think is like the most? What was like kind of the best part of what you know being part of like climate action, St Andrews? It was. Why the, would you recommend the it? culmination of the whole thing? I mean, leading up to it, to be honest, it was quite stressful, <laughs> and sort of you end up questioning why we why do we have to apply to the council in order to do protests? Like, why does this make sense? It's a protest. It's a social movement it's against a lot of things, but then. In the end, on the day, like because it came together so well, it just it was amazing the number of people who were on the beach for exactly the same reason, and makes you realize how many people are doing it around yeah. the world as well, and how many people realize that this is such a massive issue. Uh, I think actually my favorite bit was maybe when we were standing in the line and then there were a flock of birds over the sea uh, and they were sort of flying, yeah. like reflecting differently, and yeah, that was beautiful actually. And I think um, one of the ladies who was absolutely inspired to do the line in the sand was talking about how it's going to be so amazing and beautiful and bring everyone together. And I was like, nah, that's a bit cheesy, isn't it? But actually, <laughs> on the day, it was incredible Like to see that many people believing that, believing in hope and believing in change. And yeah, yeah. And also amazing. knowing that we're not, you're not alone in this, that there are other people out there who care and who just want to do something yeah. you know I feel like that is a is a is a real I don't know it's just really inspiring but yeah for me it was actually I, I think there were like several moments but uh yeah I think the one I already mentioned kind of when we arrived on West Sands and I just stood there and I just like realized oh my god all these people come here and they all like have like cheering with this energy and this passion about you know our planet and our future and uh and I was just like wow I was kind of like had this first moment where I was like, wow, can't believe it's happening. And then also during the five minutes of silence, actually like just like hearing like the waves and then suddenly like, I don't know, the birds as well. But then there were just like these little children like playing mm -hmm. in like the, the ocean, like bits at the side or like with the sand. And I just like had this moment where I just like thought, oh, my God, you know, it's their future and it's all of our future. And I think that's kind of what makes it all worth it, you know, like the hours of work that I spent into it, you know, the thousands of emails and endless activism and like trying to speak to people to get people there. And then, I don't know, the night before where you're like, oh, is it like how many, who's going to come? Like, how's it going to turn out? I mean, that was kind of with a second strike as well, because I know we like put so much effort into like promoting it as yeah. well. And I remember I stood there like because I came like half an hour before and I was just like waiting for people to come. And I was just like, who's who's going to come? And I, I think at that point, it was literally just me in the quad. And then there was just like these two school children who came and I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, I don't know, I think with anything, you know, realizing how much work has gone into this all around the world i mean just what the millions of people have gone like somewhere else i don't know you know in germany i think we had like there were like 1.4 million people on climate strike and then in new zealand it was like uh 3.5% of the population which is massive. Like, I didn't, th I don't think they had, like, they didn't have millions, but, like, from their population, which is actually in New Zealand, I think they, I can't remember. 
170,000. I, I have no idea. But it was a lot of people. And just to see, like, that was, like, so many of, like, the pop, the entire population who came and said that. And it's actually, like, I think it's this, this social theory that proves if there's of the population, if 3.8% of the population stand up for a social movement, that is the turning point. That is how many people you need. You don't need 50% of the world population to 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 stand up for climate change and climate justice, which you would hope. You would hope 50% of the world population kind of cares about the future, but you don't even need that. You need 3.8% to actually bring back the tipping point of change. I mean, that's still a lot of people. I don't know from 7 billion how many, <laughs> how many exactly that is. Um, so, you know, I think... It's obviously to realize, obviously, that this is just kind of like the beginning of what what needs to be done. Um, but to see what we can achieve, really, it's really it's really worth it's really worth it, you know. Um, and um, yeah, so just to, to sort of sort of push for that and um, to know you're doing something. I don't know. I would be terribly depressed if I wouldn't like be doing this and feeling like. I'm actually doing something that is helpful. I don't know. Because then you just look out into the world and you're like, well. Oh, look, there are lots of problems. Yeah, I don't know. Lots of things happening. It, it's just, it, it's just, it's strange. I don't know. It's just what makes me wonder, like, why, why, yeah, why people do things or don't do things. Um, but yeah, actually, you suggested a song to me. I did, and you will love it, I promise. Okay. I can't so, believe you haven't heard um, I bet you've heard it before. You will hear it. Probably, like, oh, yeah. So we'll do a song on B's request, which is called Faith by George Michael. Um, we're going to play it now. And if you have any further questions about uh, Climate Action St. Andrews, um, yeah, please comment them in the buzz box below. And we're also going to talk a little bit about, you know, what's happening globally, what kind of like the problem is with like climate targets and then also the um, touching on the Extinction Rebellion strikes, which are starting as well. So, yeah, you can look forward to that. But first, we'll listen to Faith. Um, yeah. You, do you want to explain your what, what you love about the song? How come, how come it's in your head? I love it. It's just beautiful. It's been in my head for about a month. And I think George Michael is one of the most incredible men, or was, that ever lived. <laughs> Oops. Pardon me. Uh, but yeah, I love that song. <laughs> and I like to have faith in lots of different things. Yes, faith and hope is a very important, is. very important yeah. topic. In the sense that if you use them for actually doing things and not just like, oh, if the world will sort itself out sort yeah. of thing. I don't know. I have faith that somebody else will do it for me. Yeah. I think the greatest problem to the environmental movement is the belief that other, someone else will do it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wait, there's this quote uh, which sprung, sprung into my head by... Um, uh, by whom is it? Gandhi? No, I have no idea. But it's about um, sort of saying... Uh, oh, Einstein. It's Einstein. And he said, um, the greatest... Uh, oh, th this world is a dangerous place to live, not because of people who, um, who, do, e um, who do evil... But because those are, because of those who don't do anything against it. Yes. <laughs> it took me a while to recite. But I think it's, it's yeah. It's a pretty yeah, it's a pretty accurate thing to think about, you know. Also like if you yeah, if you're a bystander not doing anything, you just as guilty as not doing anything, then 
doing something. But yeah, it, I guess it's kind of like a difficult handle between like individual action about systematic action. I don't know. Um, what is kind of your opinion on that? I love that quote. That's beautiful. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think it's important to do whatever you can. Yeah. I think it needs to come kind of sort of from both ways to say that, you know, individually, obviously, as a society, there's so much that we need to change and to kind of say, yeah, I'm ready for that change. And that might mean I'd have to change certain things about the way I live and the way I eat or yeah. travel or whatever. That might have implications as well. But how how can that transfer into, but then sort of, yeah, it kind of gives a statement to the world that you can, you're actually ready, we as a society are ready for change. We want those changes. And we're not just screaming for change and then suddenly being like, ah, you know, what, what are you doing with us? I sort of think. But then also actually see that individually, obviously, we it's a much larger system that is driving these these things in society that make our lives kind of fundamentally unsustainable at the moment. It's really interesting. We were talking about the strikes in uh, our tutorial actually in, oh. for SD this morning, and it was just like okay. So we were talking about what they stood for and how they were basically just flagging up these issues that actually need dealing with on a more fundamental level, and how people can do their individual bit. And how I've spoken to lots of people who have said, oh, that's so important. I hate all of this climate change. It's horrible. What can we do? I'm going to do stuff. I hate the government. I don't know what to do. But I'm not going to stop flying because I like going on holiday. And I'm not going to stop eating meat because I like eating meat. Whereas all of the research says that those are the two biggest things you can do to combat climate change. And then one of my friends said, um, it's the word sacrifice that puts people off. And it's stopping doing something that they enjoy doing. Yeah. This whole like individualist notion of what a human should have because we're smarter than everybody else. And it's not like people aren't thinking consciously we're smarter than everybody else, so therefore we shouldn't eat meat. It's just we have like, as a society, we're really anthropocentric and focused on ourselves and quite selfish, selfish as to yeah. what we should have. Whereas actually maybe sacrifice is the word because it is a big, a big, big problem that needs sacrifice. So why it, yeah, I actually think sacrifice is not the the word because I think it kind of like makes people think oh, for all negative. the things you have to yeah. give up. Whereas it's actually sort of like a liberation from like not causing being part of that problem. I feel like that's always like I actually had a discussion about this yesterday in terms of veganism. Um, it's people like oh, but like you know the sacrifice and how do you like frame it and do people just do it like as a like, guilt? And I'm like no, I think guilt and sacrifice are actually the wrong words to look at it. Yeah. Because you need to be, like for me, it's more of a liberation that I'm not part of that system anymore that is driving that sort of um, change. Yeah, that is sort of harming the environment and the animals and um, yeah, sort of realizing you know actually it's a quite a liberating feeling as well to be part of something that is that is that is good and I, yeah. and i mean yeah we might have to change like the way like things work and traveling and things like that but um that doesn't mean like there's no like that we won't be able to travel at all if we put in changes now and if we now maybe be able to say okay maybe now where everything is still based on fossil fuels we should be be careful about how we travel and what we do but still like working towards a future where we can maybe actually uh, implement those changes that will be able for us to to travel more sustainably it does make it you appreciate what you've got more as yeah well when you think okay maybe i'm gonna choose to go on holiday in the uk where can i go in the uk there are plenty of stunning places 
in the UK and in Scotland in particular that many people haven't seen. Yeah. But, like you don't need to go miles and miles away to go for a beautiful holiday. Yeah. It might be a bit colder. Yeah. And I think also what really needs to happen without, throughout Europe is actually kind of to change that perspective around how like the train system works. Because I just don't Definitely. think it just does not make sense that planes are so much like less expen like less expensive than train journey. Which is just crazy. And it's because they're so heavily subsidized by the by the government. And I just think that you know and they're not they're just not routes, train routes don't go everywhere. Sometimes, you know, it's not enough space. I know I think it was in Munich where there was they had to like people couldn't get onto the the, the subway like underground train anymore because it was so full. Mm-hmm. Like and then I mean just like from that systematic level, you know, just building out the system so it can actually like transport the amount of people that it could transport and sort of opening up that sort of yeah the 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 route and the finances to actually make it cheaper as well. Mm-hmm. So I mean it doesn't make sense. It shouldn't make sense to fly from Edinburgh to London. No, instead of getting there, <laughs> especially with all the faff that it takes of going through airport oh, security yeah, gosh, I hate, and I getting to the airport in the first place, it's not that much easier. It's a bit faster, but it's so much cheaper. So people yeah. will do it because it costs a lot less. And I guess in Europe, the problem is so much less accentuated than it might be in the United States, where mm. train travel is pretty much non-existent. Yeah. Which yeah. is also a problem. Yeah. But yeah, even in Europe, I think it could be like... But the thing is, we already have it. You know, you can travel in Europe pretty yeah. pretty well with train all around Europe. And I think that we should use that and build that out as well to actually say, you know, there's no real reason within Europe um, why why we should be flying so much. I mean, in some cases, it is quite difficult to get to some places because it's just bad connection, especially to more rural areas. And that is a big problem, I think, especially for St. Andrews as well, is we don't have a direct train train connection here. Yeah, maybe that's something we can look at into as well. I don't know. <laughs> Something's gone on so well for so long. But the strange thing is just the realization that there used to be a train coming yeah. here. Well, I went to a meeting last year. I think it was a transition steering group meeting, and they were talking about plans for a train to come to St. Andrews, and it would basically have to go through the old course if they built another one um, yeah. and it wouldn't be able to like go through St. Andrews and out the other side, it would be like a there and back from Lucas. Um, yeah. But it should, I don't know. It should be looked at. So yeah. I, I don't know. I think there's another option yeah, because I, I mean so. something maybe because the roads leading there as well. Yeah. yeah. But then uh, it's just like difficult. All of the infrastructure in the first place yeah. is quite intensive in the, that was, that's why it was such a, it was such a, I don't know how, who made the choice. Yeah. To get, rid of to get rid of it because it was, it was all there. there. <laughs> uh, but no, I think the original one actually went to the or went. I think it went to the hotel where okay. the hotel is now. The Gold 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 Course Hotel. That's where the train station used to be. Okay. And I mean, if it goes to there, that's still better than like going like maybe it wouldn't so have to go like yeah. yeah through the whole, like, course, just kind of to the beginning or something. But, yeah, it is a bit of a bit of a problem. Um, and maybe that's something that can be looked into as well. Um, and looking, yeah, into the public transport system in general. But there's obviously big problems that require systematic change. And systematic change is actually what's being talked about by Extinction Rebellion um, next week because the start of, like, the International Rebellion in London um, on Sunday, on the 6th, actually, mm-hmm. is the start. And... Um, yeah, uh, sort of saying that, you know, 
how is it that so many people have gone on strike all around the world? We've spoken about this so long. And then you come, like people and governments come with weak goals around 250 and 245 measures that do not in alignment with the IPCC report and with the science that actually is stating, like even the IPCC report is a pretty, um, is pretty, it's not the one, one of those reports that is the, it could, they are reports which are even like more extreme, I guess, about what needs to be done and what is going to happen because climate change is really having such an impact all around the world. And sort of saying, you know, we actually, uh, and it, it, I think it frustrates me as well that we at this point, we, we were saying that in order to actually bring change, we need that people need to have like civil disobedience. And I so wish that, you know, that sort of change would come more naturally, but yeah. obviously it hasn't and it won't. So that, that really the actors who are behind it are we as citizens who, who need to push for change. Um, and yeah, I, I, I guess, yeah, it's really worth looking into what um, Extinction Rebellion is doing, supporting them as well and standing together as a movement of climate activists from all different groups and seeing how we kind of work together. Maybe some people want to focus more on like community activism or change on individual level and change on political level and institutions, governments and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, we're coming towards the end of the show and I don't want to, um, yeah, don't want to let the um, have the other show which is after us to have to um, wait to come in so I just want to encourage everyone again to please um, yeah contact us and Climate Action St Andrews uh, on our Facebook page or email us um, about what changes you want to do what you want to see what kind of change you want to see happen in St Andrews um, within the university but also within the town and how we can together actually lead that change. Because at the moment, I think there are a lot of passionate people here who, and we have an opportunity for change. Um, so we, we should make use of that and um, use that power now, yeah? Be imaginative. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. To, to just, yeah. We need more people. We need everyone. You know, we need everyone. everyone. We need everyone to do something in some way, you know, whether they're signing a petition or sending a petition to, like, other friends as well, you're just sharing it as well or speaking about it. Uh, that's that's a massive difference that it makes when people actually, like, speak about changes and not just, like, silently, like, I don't know, sign a petition or, like, I don't do anything because they, they, their voices aren't heard. Like, even all of the 1,700 people who signed the petition, I mean, thank you, people in the university and in, uh, have been talking about it, definitely, and uh, choices are being made around that, but then also asking how can we actually push for for goals as well within that. Um, yeah, we need we need people to to come and join the movement and lead climate action. And yeah, like we've hopefully portrayed to you as well. It's it's quite a it's quite a it's a it's pretty amazing movement to be part of and to realize that we are the generation that is kind of leading the change and that we can make the difference. So. Yes. Pretty crazy. <laughs> there is hope. Any final words to your listeners? <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> it's been a bit weird. I've never been on the radio before. Yeah, well done. Thank you for it's coming. Bizarre. But yeah, <laughs> I hope I haven't said anything too out of order. Um, yeah, take action, whether it's individually or motivating other people or whatever you do. Yeah, if you came to the strike or participate on on Friday or on Friday the 20th or participate in any other strike globally uh, and you just realize that energy and you felt that like energy and passion within you like keep it within you remember it and use it you know for what you do in your 
in your daily life. I mean, because we're here and we like, especially if you're a student or, yeah, if you're a student, you know, we're here to study for like a future and we're putting so much work and effort into it. We actually need to ensure that we have that future and we have, uh, we have the structures in place that can actually lead us to, yeah, lead us away from climate catastrophe. Towards green meadows and pastures. Yes. Towards lives. <laughs> we have an opportunity to create a better world. I mean, why not use it? You know, I mean, that sounds very cheesy, but, you know, sometimes cheesy things happen and we form a line with 1,200 people in the sand. And it is actually amazing. So things happen, you know. Have you don't, seen, don't give up. Um, and you know, Antje Brown, yeah. one of the SD lecturers, she has this slide that she uses. I've seen it a few times with a meme of a man on stage talking about climate change and all this science and the IPCC reports and everything. And then there's a man who stands up in the audience and he shouts, what if it's all a hoax and we create a better world for nothing? <laughs> yeah, I like that one a lot. That's impossible. If we create a better world, it will be for something and it will be... Exactly. That's a beautiful be That's a beautiful note to end off on. Um, thank you for tuning in. Um, yeah, my radio show now runs every Friday from 3 to 4 p.m. So tune in for more um, things in the future. I'm also going to have Steve Gethins come at some point. So mm-hmm. keep a watch out for that, especially if you have more political questions as well about you know, climate emergency and what needs to be done politically. Um, yeah, keep a watch out. Um, also, if you want to collaborate or if you want to know more, keep up to date. I have a Facebook page, which is at Eco-Activist Journeys. And I'm probably also going to post this one as a, once I've edited it as a podcast as well on my Eco-Activist Journeys podcast, which is kind of available on lots of different like podcasts hosted by Anchor, but it's on like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, like Spotify and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, but yes, thank you everyone for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show and, um, I will end off with, this, uh, with, I don't know. I really like this song. It's kind of my favorite, like environmental song because it's kind of full love song to the earth kind of to just be like, you know, this is our earth, our planet. We should, we should protect it and take, yeah, care of it. take care of it. So yeah, have a wonderful Friday and, um, thank you for tuning in. <laughs>